sharing the split screen with me, I have a document headlined by audit pros and cons. So in this video, we will go through the pros and the cons of manual website accessibility audits, which there are no automated audits, but just for clarification, this is for a full manual audit. And we will go through and we're going to talk about both the pros, the good side and the bad side, the cons of audits. So let's start with the pros. First of all, a website accessibility audit is going to be thorough. It's, it's necessary for full WCAG conformance. So if you um, are, your objective is to make your website fully WCAG 2.1 AA conformance, you need to have an audit uh, because with that audit, in theory, you will know all of the accessibility issues that exist on your website, or at least the primary page layouts for your website, because an audit is is going to um, is going to cover what is ever what it, whatever is in scope. So it won't cover every single last page unless let's say your website's only 15 pages, and that's just because it doesn't make practical sense to go through and audit every single page of a website, especially when given that most pages are the same template just with different content. So another pro of an audit. It is, is, it is conducted manually by a technical expert. So this is much better than having, um, let's just say someone on your web team go through and look for an accessibility, look for accessibility issues. Um, having a technical accessibility expert audit, audit your website is the best way to find accessibility issues because they know exactly what to look for and um, they have experience in it. An audit is also formal. So it is official documentation that you can use um, however you would like. Um, you, might, you might be using an audit to fulfill your obligations under a settlement agreement. Um, you, may be, um, you may just simply need a formal audit to illustrate for compliance purposes or whatever the case may be. It's always good to have formal official documentation and an audit will provide that. And the other bullet point I have as a pro for a website accessibility audit is it should be a one-time cost. Now, I, I recommend um, that you audit your website annually or perhaps biannually. Um, that's a good practice, but you shouldn't have to audit um, every year um, you should, it should be something that you are doing under your accessibility policy, but not that um, it's not necessary for you to have a subscription, an audit on subscription. So an audit should be a one-time cost, and then you get subsequent audits at your discretion. Now, under cons, I have the first thing I have is cost. And that is because it's typically $3,500 to get an audit to start with. So $3,500 is like the opening price and it just goes up from there depending on the complexity and the number of issues, et cetera. Um, so it is a significant cost. And, and by the way, I offer audits through accessible.org. So um, that is $3,500 is usually the minimum I will charge for an audit. Um, it may be less if the website is extremely simple but usually it's $3,500 to start for most websites. And no support is included in that. 
And so the reason why is because the audit price is based on the time and experience needed to conduct that audit, but it's not, that doesn't contemplate any additional support um, or any additional consulting or any other deliverables. And so what you're paying for with an audit is just that, it's just the report. Now with accessible.org, if, if you get an audit returned, I will make sure that you understand that audit. So um, if anything in the audit is unclear, then I invite any questions on that, but it's not, um, there's no, there's nothing additional beyond me explaining what the audit is. I always want to make sure that uh, any audits I return are clear and easy to understand and easy to take action on, but there's no additional support beyond that because the cost of the audit is based on what all the work that has gone into it, not any work um, that is subsequent. So another bullet point is an audit typically will take three to four weeks to complete and return. Now, sometimes you can get a quicker audit, um, uh, particularly if your website is more simple, but usually most websites are going to fall within three to four weeks, uh, depending on the provider and depending on the amount of work and the complexity of the work and so on. Uh, a third bullet point under cons is that audits are conducted manually. They are conducted by human, the humans. There are error issues that are missed. And um, on the sub bullet point on that, the quality is going to vary by service providers. So depending on who you hire, you your quality of your audit can vary greatly. Um, I, I recommend that you stay away from anyone who is pushing automation as a way to determine, um, as a way of making a website accessible or conducting an audit. An audit is completely, is, done, is performed completely manually. Um, and then it is, uh, there will be, uh, accessibility scans will be used to, um, to support that work. But the, the, the scans, the audit should not rely upon the scan results. The scan results help inform the technical expert who's auditing, and they use those results to speed up their process and reduce incidents of error. But a technical expert should never take the results of a scan and um, transpose them onto the audit because because they're not. That's not an audit. And, and, it's important to keep in mind that scans can re can often result in false negatives, very very rarely false positives, but usually need to be concerned with false negatives with scans. So there should never be any um, emphasis on scans. An audit should be performed fully manually. What's important to know is that not every not every accessibility vendor thinks that way, and um, they. They might return, um, you know, incomplete results or poor results or unhelpful audits, and you need to be aware of that variance in quality because um, you might be able to get an audit for cheaper, right? Maybe maybe it's twenty five hundred dollars, but you have to be aware of the risk that you take when you go with a provider who is who is, um, um, let's say. A provider that you wouldn't want to hire, someone someone like an overlay vendor, if you're getting a manual audit from them, 
then it's probably going to be garbage. I don't know that. I've never got one from an overlay vendor uh, or I've never procured one from a go uh, an overlay vendor, but overlay vendors, their reputation is already horrible. So I would never um, use them for any services. Um, a, another bullet point is audits are typically technical reports. They can be quite long. And what I've seen happen over and over again is they overwhelm the web teams that are to take action upon that audit. And so what, what inevitably comes from that is there are questions, support is needed, confusion is introduced, and, and really the web teams, um, I've seen web teams where they, they give up or they procrastinate or they put it off. And it's just typical, you know, right? Typical human behavior. We get something, we don't understand it. It's long, it looks difficult. And that can easily overwhelm web teams, which leads to my next point or a point um, in my second to next bullet point is that remediation is separate and takes months. So if you have a difficult report and if it's, if it's very long and there, let's say there are um, five issues. And then for each of those five issues, there are dozens of incidences of those issues. It can become very overwhelming. It can take a long time to complete remediation. There may be many questions in the interim. Uh, um, more support will be needed. And keep this in mind. And here's my other bullet point. The web asset should be uh, static throughout this process. Because if you are Let's say you are changing your website as you are auditing or remediating it. If you are making other changes, if there's another department that is making changes, it, is, it will affect the ability to implement, to either find issues or, and or implement those issues because your web, your web asset, typically your website needs to be static throughout. If you are making changes, you're going to disrupt the process of finding issues and so you may introduce issues and the, um, the audit won't include those. Or if you are changing things, it will be difficult to know exactly what needs to be changed, or there may not be an audit result for something where an accessibility issue is uh, introduced. So it's important to be mindful of that. And I know that, especially for larger organizations, their websites are constantly changing and turning over. So if that is happening, you want to make sure that you're not introducing any accessibility issues. So that's something else that needs to be taken in mind. And because the audit process and the remediation process is so lengthy, um, it can that, that this can be a, a, a con of having an audit uh, performed. And that's my next bullet point. Remediation is separate and takes months. So many people start with an accessibility audit because of litigation to either prevent litigation or in response to litigation. But what is problematic is that an audit in and of itself does nothing to make your website accessible. It's simply the first, um, it's simply the first phase of what you need to do to start making it accessible. You find the issues. So this is the audit and then you fix the issues. So that's remediation, but an audit, like I said, can take three to four weeks, maybe even longer. Remediation is completely separate and usually takes months. So ideally you want to combine audit and, um, the audit and remediation 
because if you can do, if you can find issues and fix them as you go, that's really the best case scenario. And that leads to my last bullet point under cons is that there is a disconnect between the auditor and the remediator, which results in friction and loss. So just imagine the disconnect in communication there, right? Because you have one person who is finding an issue, they are um, putting that issue, typically audits are returned in an Excel spreadsheet. Um, so they, they put that issue in a spreadsheet. Um, there may be different um, information associated with that issue. So sometimes um, audits will have uh, steps to reproduce. They will have the WCAG success criterion associated with the issue. They will provide the code snippet for that issue um, and then potentially other information. Um, but the person remediating that um, might need help in any number of ways in either understanding what the issue is, understanding how to reproduce that issue. Um, they might not know how to use a screen reader. So there could, there's all sorts of disconnect between the initial audit and the then the subsequent re remediation that um, really ends up resulting in a lot of friction and loss. If you were to do those at the same time, it would be much, much better. But of course, um, there is a reason that audits are being done is because, as I mentioned in the pros, these audits are being conducted manually by a technical accessibility expert, which is very key um, to not only being thorough, but being accurate in the finding of issues and the fixing of issues. Um, so this is a good rundown of the audit pros and cons. Um, I think for, for, for many small businesses, audits really aren't, um, aren't something that's, that's affordable. So they end up going without, um, but you don't like, that's obviously, uh, you know, it's understandable that you don't get the audit because it, it, the cost is significant, but at the same time, um, it's uh, difficult because you, um, you know, if you're concerned with litigation, litigation is always, is currently ever present, uh, the risk of litigation. And then there's the accessibility uh, side to this, which you need to genuinely make your website accessible, um, particularly for um, some issues are absolutely, um, you really have to incorporate them because otherwise, um, if you don't have some measures in place, there are some, there are some users that will genuinely not be able to access uh, the content or engage with the functionality of the website. So there's two sides of this. And ultimately, whether it's, you know, whatever the impetus is, you need to make sure your website is accessible. So you need to get this done and figure out a way that works um, for your budget. I have created the ADA compliance course, which is, I believe, the perfect um, the perfect answer in all of this, because it provides for genuine, um, it's going to make your website genuinely accessible. There won't be a disconnect between the auditor and the remediator because that will be the same team. It will be your web team as they are being trained on accessibility. They are able to go through your website and not only find the issues, but take action and fixing them. Now, obviously this is not perfect because your web team is learning accessibility as they are taking action, but the key is not perfection here, it's progress. And so if you can progress 
um, with your web team as they're going through these instructions, um, you're going to not only significantly reduce your risk of litigation, but you're also going to significantly improve the accessibility of your website. And then as they go through this training, they're going to um, they're going to be more knowledgeable, introduce less accessibility issues. And then once you go through the course, then at that point, you can go back and look over what you've done and start to review um, and improve accessibility and work towards WCAG conformance. And so really, and, and so, so many people um, get caught up in making sure they have every last issue right and fixing, um, all, let's say all of the incidences of alt text issues, whether it's no alt attributes or missing alt text or insufficient descriptions. And they get so caught off, so caught up in one success criterion that they don't, they don't look broadly and understand that images are only one aspect to accessibility. We need to do the best we can move through these and then work through them again once we have, um, once we have improved accessibility and lowered the risk of litigation. Because to me, the worst case scenario is that you are paying money to a plaintiff's law firm unnecessarily, and then you still have to do, you still have to take care of accessibility any, anyway. So my approach is to reduce the risk of litigation and then improve accessibility and divert all of the resources into accessibility rather than settling with a plaintiff's law firm.